Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear a message from myself, our Wellington campus pastor, Chris White. We really trust you'll enjoy today's message. So last week, we kind of looked at the importance of, you know, Monday to Saturday, you know, that, that sense of togetherness, connectedness. And, uh, you know, that, that, that term came out, living stones are connected stones. Uh, look, I felt like I had a good week this week. We, we really cracked into this as, a, as, a, as my group of friends. We went out with a whole bunch of guys, did a movie night this week. Thought, yeah, let's, let's put this into practice. Actually, we planned this a little bit of advance. And, uh, and, and it was me and a mate. For the purposes of this message, I'm not going to, like, name my mate you know, uh, in terms of like identify him. We're going to call him Mark for the purposes, for the purposes of this, for this illustration. Mark, uh, don't look around at the other Marks in the room. Just we're using it as a random Mark, Mark. So Mark and I helped organize this movie night together. He's great at organizing. Thought he booked out a movie theater, 30 people. We just, every now and then you just get at the urge. We've got to get the guys together. Let's do something, you know. We're going to watch a movie. Well, I text all my, you know, a whole bunch of people out. And I'm like, hey guys, you know, movie night, who's up for it? One guy texts me back, he goes, Pastor Chris, as soon as you get a text like that, you're a little concerned. <laughs> Pastor Chris, do you think it's a good idea that Mark chooses a movie after what happened last time? And um, I just got to admit, there was an incident last time that happened, and the movie was new at that point, hadn't come out on the parent's guide. We hadn't confirmed that. Fatal mistake, people, fatal mistake. But I told him, he's been on the bench for five years now. He's repented. I'm, we've looked at the movie guide for this movie. I'm feeling really confident, you know? And of course, then the night comes, everyone's rocking up. It was a great, beautiful night. We're hanging out, you know, spent a lot of time to talk beforehand, and, and then we got onto the movie. I've become a firm believer that the previews often give you an indication of what the movie is going to be like. I was worried after the first preview, then the second one, I was even more concerned. I'm, I'm thinking, should I be checking the website again? Is it too late to change our movie choice, you know? And then the movie starts, and honestly, within the first two minutes, I think there was this barrage of F-bombs that kind of hit. And of course, let's be honest, like, you know, no one in this room is laughing. That's actually not a funny thing at all, um, you know, because um, the fact that, you know, we are mainly a group of people from Arise Church, and the fact that I text and I'm employed by Arise as a pastor, you know, there comes a sense of responsibility. And in the first few moments, I realized, even though it was a dark room, all eyes are on me, you know? <laughs> what are you going to, are you going to take leadership in the room? Are you going to take responsibility for what's going on? Are you going to make some definitive statement? Which is exactly what I did. I chose my moment in between the language points. I chose my moment to speak up and I said in a strong, loud voice, thanks, Mark. Great movie choice, mate. And what I did in that moment was firmly put the sense of responsibility at somebody else's feet, you know? I followed that great biblical figure in the New Testament, Pontius Pilate, and I washed my hands. I washed my hands of that moment, you know? Uh, but truthfully, we're actually all looking forward to the, uh, another five years when he comes off the bench again and we get to watch another movie. And uh, I tell you what, I tell you what, it was actually a great night. We had a great time. And, uh, you know, like when, when guys have an excuse to hang out, it's actually awesome. And we're gathering together and like, you know, some guys are meeting each other for the first time. Uh, you know, some guys were just diving into depths of conversations. It's amazing what occurs in those moments. And I think it's so funny how we underestimate the power of just hanging out and being together 
it somehow, it, it can knit our hearts together, even in the funniest moments where we think like, oh, this is disaster. But somehow we, we rally together and it bonds us as people, you know what I mean? So I, I just felt like it was a key moment, uh, a great night. Only a matter of weeks after Jesus had left this earth, what a, tran- what a transition. It's just how I bring things, you know? It's just, I just go from one thing to another. You've got to, got to catch on, right? Okay, so the Holy Spirit had just been poured out, right? The Holy Spirit, there is a, there is a link. You're going to catch it in a moment. The Holy Spirit is poured out, you know? Here's a key moment. Jesus had been on this earth. He'd been, uh, you know, moving and acting. Then he was crucified. Tragedy to all the disciples. Three days later, he rose again. Hundreds get to see him, you know? And now they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit pours out. And now in these moments, they're starting a movement that would change the world forever. And they're making some decisions. What is important? What is not important? What do we need to pour our life into? And what don't we need to pour our life into? And they came up with some key things. These are the important things, the most important things that we would devote ourselves to. And we read that in Acts 2, starting at verse 42. It says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostle performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So four things became of utmost importance. Teaching, fellowship, sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and prayer. I don't know, if you're going to make a vital list of the most important things to do, I don't know if I would have made that list up, you know? you know? And two of those things just seem so similar to each other. We've got fellowship and sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper. You know, it's amazing. We live in a modern age where we kind of have more information, more at our disposal. We've got AI engines. You can type, how do I address this situation? And it will type answers for you. You know, got YouTube clips, how to do anything. You could watch it on YouTube. If you don't have that, that much time, hey, turn to TikTok. That will tell you how to live your life in a really positive way, you know? Uh, yeah. The amazing thing is, the amazing thing is, with all we have at our disposal, I feel like we're more distracted from what's really important than the important things. You'd think we would have grabbed it, but the early church was clear. They knew exactly what they were about. They were devoted to these things. And what was the result of their devotion? Check it out. Verse 43, we just read it. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Man, that's powerful. So awe filled their lives, and they opened the door to the miraculous because they focused on just four things, four key things. In this series, we're looking at living stones. We're looking at what does it mean to be living stones built together to form the house of God. And here's our key scripture, 1 Peter, starting in chapter 2, starting at verse 4, says this. As you come to him, the living stone, that's Jesus Christ, of course, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. In this series, we're exploring what it means to be living stones. And there's three things we're going to focus on in this series. Number one, having a regular encounter with God corporately and individually. That's, that's, man, that's paramount. That's so important. The second thing is what we're talking about today, having a spiritual community that is vital to our lives. 
But the third thing is this, having a, an understanding, a handle on the mission God has for us as a church and for individuals. And today's message is called Taking Your Seat at the Family Table. Taking Your Seat at the Family Table. Man, what is a living stone? I mean, that's, that's actually an unusual phrase. What, what does that even mean? Well, the word living in the Greek is the word zao. It literally means to be alive, you know, which is no revelation. You know, it literally means to be alive. But in the New Testament, it can also refer to the resurrection life of Christ. So oh, quite often it's saying, hey, you've come back to life, you know, to bring life again. It refers to the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead and that life that's inside of him, that raised him from the dead, that same life is inside of us. So to be living stones, man, that's not just any, just, it's not just you're alive, but man, you are alive. You're coming back to life. It's incredibly powerful. So the word for living there is the same word that they use in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, when they're talking about the Word of God. It says this, for the Word of God is alive. It's zao. It's alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when the living Word of God goes to work on the human soul, it does something supernatural. You know, we hear the Word of God, and it doesn't just change our thoughts. It doesn't even just change our bodies. It changes our spirit. It is supernatural. It comes alive. It does something. When living stones like us, we get together, something happens. It's like a chemical reaction, but it's a spiritual reaction. I remember the first time someone ever showed me YouTube, you know, and, uh, and you know, I looked back, I thought, what is this? YouTube you speak of, you know, and, uh, and uh, oh, you know, you can post videos of yourself and everyone can view them. I'm thinking, man, this will never catch on. But anyway, like, so don't, uh, don't come to me if you've got any tech, tech you know, qu- equipment you think, ah, oh, I wanted some advice on this. I, w- I won't give you good advice. But there we go. Okay. And the very first clip I ever watched was Mentos and Coke. All right. Okay. It's amazing. People still posting the same videos, you know, 25 years later, I don't know whenever YouTube started, but there we go. And, uh, and Mentos and Coke, if you've never seen this, I was hoping to maybe do it here, but I didn't want to pay for the uh, cleanup afterwards. But just imagine, if you will, here is a, a large, the largest bottle of Coke that we could find. And here it is. It's ready to go. I, I screw off the lid and I just get one packet of lollies of Mentos lollies. Then I hold it above, just carefully above that hole. I cut off the bottom and they all go rushing in. And then as soon as they go rushing in, a chemical reaction takes place. I'd like to explain that chemical reaction, but I have no idea what it is. All right, okay. It takes place and inside there, there's a bubbling and rushing and the Coke just comes bursting out of the top. It's quite spectacular. It's unexpected, spectacular. It's amazing. And my imagination is that is what it's like. You know, when we, it's it's a visual representation of us as living stones. We're built on each other. We come together. We rub shoulders with one another. And it's like a chemical reaction takes place. But it's not chemical. This is spiritual. It's supernatural. Something transcends us, you know. We are greater than the sum of our parts because God is at work amongst us doing something incredible. The early church was devoted. They were devoted to these things. That's powerful. I don't know if you've noticed, but all four of those devotions can take place in our weekly Sunday gatherings. Teaching, fellowship, sharing meals together, including the Lord's Supper, and prayer. But what I'm interested in honing in for, 
for a second is what does it mean to be devoted to something? What does it actually mean? What's the biblical you know, definition of that? Well, in the Old Testament, the term devotion meant exclusive dedication of something to God. So what they did was they said, we're going to separate this out and we're going to say, this is holy. This is devoted. It shouldn't mix in with everything else. We're separating this out. In the New Testament, it changes slightly. In the Greek, it says, to be steadfastly attentive to, to give unremitting care to a thing. What is it unremitting? What does that mean? It means you never let go on that. You keep at it. You're on it. You're, in, you, you're incessant about that thing. That is a thing that you will keep going back to. It's your priority. It's the number one thing. Look, quite honestly, with the last few years, especially with the pandemic, I think that most of us, I would say, if not all of us, have come to a point where we've thought, man, I've got to rethink what I'm doing in my life. I remember that first, that first lockdown, you know, and uh, suddenly you're spending it with your family, or maybe it wasn't, I don't know who it was you were spending it with. Maybe it was good, maybe it wasn't so good, I don't know. But um, it, we were forced together with our family, and, and it didn't take long to realize, man, I'm actually tired, you know, and this family time is actually quite astounding. And you, we started to all go, what is important in our lives? What's not important? We started to rethink, reshape how our lives went forward. And what I really, what I think we really needed to decide was this. What is the most important thing and place those rocks in our life? My fear is, is that's not what a lot of us did. A lot of us decided what is the most convenient thing and I'll cut everything else out. And I understand why we did that because we're thinking I'm lacking in energy. I need revitalization. What's convenient? What can I do? And everything else, I'll just, I'll just let drift away. Hebrews 10 brings us back to what is most important. It says this in Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The early church was devoted to these things. They said, you know what? Gathering together, meeting together, having fellowship together. That's got to be a priority. We've got to make that number one. We've got to be together because we're called to be living stones. We're called to rub shoulders with each other. We're called to have a spiritual reaction go off when we're hanging out with each other. That church is the spiritual house that Peter was talking about. Made up of living stones. The church, the church. That word that they use for church. And can I just say, um, I'm, I'm on my... I'm on another Greek word here, and, um, and I normally don't really dive into the Greek words, but you know, you're going deep when you're going Greek, and um, today's a deep day, and, um, and I, I don't know if you sense the excitement, I don't know if the bleachers sense the excitement at all, but uh, this is exciting stuff. Are those online, I'm pretty sure you're excited about what's going on right now. So here we go. The, the word they used for church was the word ecclesia. Okay, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I'm not into pronunciation, but that is the word, ecclesia. And it actually was a unique word for church. It could, it could represent one of three things. Uh, at times, it represented the body of Christ as a whole in the whole world. At times, it referred to God's people who were in any given region. And thirdly, it depicted a local congregation of Christians. This is like your local church, your ecclesia. This is the one. This is like, you know, a rise, we're here, across every, you know, whole, whole 
parts of the country, the local body of believers gathering together. And, and you know, right across New Zealand, we have churches of all kinds, but they're the ecclesia. But before they used this word for church, it was used for something else. And everybody knew about it at the time, in the time of Jesus. The word was used in a political sense. So the ecclesia was a group of people who were part of the city's city-state Roman Empire. These people were called out of their city to come together and assemble, and they would make key decisions on what was going to happen in that city. That was the ecclesia. They came out of their homes, they gathered together, and they were responsible for the decisions that were made in that community, how the community was governed. It's absolutely crazy. They would, uh, check this out. They would take time out regularly to gather together exclusively as people who had authority to change their community. That was what the term meant. And I think this is, I think this is amazing because, you know, the early, uh, the early apostles could have used the word synagogue. Hey, meet at your synagogue. But they didn't. They said, no, no, no. You are a group of people who are actually designed to come and meet exclusively together, to gather together and, and you have authority to change the community you're part of. And that would take time regularly to do this. We're, I tell you what, we're not chosen to do is just gather together on a Sunday, hear a good message, have a cup of tea in the foyer and go home. We're actually, you know, like, although a cup of tea sounds nice, I like cups of tea, you know. I'm on the decaf buzz right now, which is not really a buzz, it's the opposite to that. But it's helping my life as I get older. Um, so there we go. But... But I tell you what, you know, we're actually called to come together and be living stones together. Because when we're living stones, something happens. Something changes. Something changes. 1 Peter 2.9. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And this brings me to my next point. The power of the family table. The power of the family table. Man, despite Anna and I having a newborn just over seven months ago, most of our other kids are kind of the other end of the spectrum, okay? You know, so like, um, you know, high school age going to young adults. And, uh, and something happens when you become a young adult. Your social life goes up. Lots of things happen in your world. You wouldn't understand, mum and dad. I've got a lot going on right now. But that's, that was what was happening in their world. And, uh, and we started to realize ah, we're not kind of getting the same family time that we used to. You know, like they're off and out and about. Are you home tonight for dinner? No, you're not. Okay. Are going to tell me? No? Okay. That's right. Uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff's going on. You know, great family dynamics. Anyway, so we decided, we looked around and we saw some families who were doing things great. We thought, ah, this is what we'll do. We'll instigate a family night. So what is a family night? Well, family night is everyone is home for dinner that night. We have a home-cooked meal. Everyone's around the table. We're hoping for meaningful discussion around the table. Then we're all going to clean up afterwards, and then we're going to hang out as a family. You know, that is going to be amazing. Amazing, right? Now, we have these in place, and it doesn't always turn out like that. You know, sometimes, you know, it's like, there, there was no meaningful discussion at the table at all. You know, we're hoping we might discuss this and that, but nothing comes out. Okay, guys, it's time to clean up. I'm not cleaning up because he's not cleaning up. You know, and then, and you know, you know, and then, and then you, and then you're grappling with the sibling rivalry, and you're like, what the heck? You know, you get to the end of the night. Was that even worth it? You know, was it even worth it? The next Monday night, though, man, it could be quite different. Suddenly, someone shares something. You're like, man, I didn't know that about you. And then they're sharing something important. Or one night someone raises a question, and before us as parents could dive in and answer it, another, another member of the family is answering that question like, man, would you believe the discussion that's going on at our table right now? And, and suddenly the, 
that it all becomes worth it. You realize, my gosh, this is amazing. And God starts to define you as a family. You start to talk about your values that just kind of come out. You talk about what's important to you, what, what really is meaningful in your life. Uh, and it's absolutely amazing that that happens. At the beginning of, at the beginning of last year, um, Anna and I decided we needed to take this to another level. And you know, Anna was pregnant at the time, and the doctors had let us know that there was something definitely wrong with our child. And so we thought, we need to talk to the boys about this. And so we decided this was part of what we're going to do on family night. So we let them know, you know, hey, all is not well. This is what the doctors are saying. So how do we respond to this? We said, well, this is, what, this is who we are as a family. We believe in a God of miracles. So what are we going to do? We're going to pray about it. And uh, we're going to pray and ask God that he will come and do something significant. So we started to do that together as a family. And it starts to shape your values. What if God doesn't answer the prayers the way we want him to? Well, we cross that bridge when we get to it. But we believe that God is always faithful. He can be trusted. He's the one we hold on to. And now our family night. Yeah, come on. God is awesome. He is amazing. And now our family night dynamics are changing. You know, after dinner, we clean up. And then we started this tradition of always having, you know, communion. And we would take communion together. And then all of us would be praying for Leo, who we didn't even know his name at that stage. We're praying for him, praying that God would come in and do the miraculous in his life. Uh, every family member uh, took time to lead us in communion. They were all different. Some were a bit unusual. But, uh, but it was just, that's just how we rolled. And it was like, it was powerful. God was now defining the identity of us. He was starting to uh, put that in the fabric of us. Man, it is the same with our church family. It is the same with our church family. Every week, we have a running invitation to the family gathering. Every week, we can come along and share around the table. And some weeks, you might come along and think, I had no meaningful conversations in the foyer. What was even the point of that, you know? I feel for parents with young kids, you know? I remember one time, I'm standing in the foyer uh, in the Michael Fowler Center. I had one boy under one arm, the other boy under the other arm, just to stop them from punching each other. And I'm there in the foyer, and one guy comes to me, hey, haven't seen you for ages. Like, How's things going? I'm like, right now, it's not that good. You know what I mean? And, and, and for some parents, you know, to even arrive at church, you need a prize. You need some sort of award. We should clap everyone, every parent with kids under the age of five. You're champions. You're here at church. Unbelievable. The parents' room is going wild right now. Wow. Well, maybe they're not even listening. I don't know. But anyway, but anyway, you know, but you might, you might find you're here in one, one week, there's no decent conversations. Nothing's going on. What was the point of me even turning up today? But you come another Sunday and suddenly the worship comes alive. And now you're, now you're brought into the presence of God and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I needed this God. You know, maybe the next Sunday, the, the message, you feel like the message is speaking directly to you. You're like, did the pastor know what was going through my week this week? No, no, but the Spirit of God has come alive on it. You know what I mean? Spirit of life has come on it. We're living stones. This is not a normal thing. This is a spiritual reaction going on. Then another week, we're standing in the foyer and we're talking to someone, just chatting about our week, and they pick up on something and say, hey, I'd love to pray for you about that. You're like, what, really? Yeah, I'm going to be praying for you on Wednesday. I'm going to pray for you in that meeting. You're like, man, oh man, why would you do that? Because we're family. That's what we do. And, and you, have, you have these conversations. You, 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 know, you, you kind of gravitate towards other people. And, and like, that's why we don't rush out of church. That's why we hang out in the foyer. Because we want us to, to get to know each other. We want to be close to each other. You know, like I, I, I'm aware that every week, you know, we get people to stand up, say hi to someone new. I'm aware that that is an awkward moment for many people. I've had people email me. Come on. Why do you make us do this? 
I'm not an introvert. I'm not an extrovert like you. I just want to state for the record, I'm actually mostly an introvert. I actually get most of my energy from being alone and I get clarity of thought when I'm alone, okay? But I know that when we gather together, when we rub shoulders with each other, and you have to say hello to do that, you can't just ignore someone standing on either side. What a disaster that someone would come in here, ignore everybody, walk out and say, church was useless. What was the point of it? You know what I mean? We need to actually get to know the person next to us. Come on, and I tell you what, we have amazing people in this room, incredible people. The person on your left and your right could give you stories. They could tell you things about their life, how God has broken into their world, what He's done to lift them up when they've been down. You could get encouragement from them. My gosh, they could be sitting next to you and need the encouragement from you. You speak to them. You just show a friendly face. Might be the only friendly face they've seen in ages, but you can do that for their life. We're called to be a, we're called to be living stones together. We're called to be living stones together. You know, uh, when, when, we, uh, when we hit a moment eventually and, uh, and uh, Leo was born and we had him home for three weeks, it was amazing three weeks, then we were off in hospital for, for eight weeks and now we could no longer have our family night, you know, it was, it, was, it was gone from us. We still kind of appreciated the afterglow of it but, but we suddenly realised that it didn't take long for you know the rest of the family members to get in vulnerable positions and uh, some people were incredibly generous we 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 went, had spent three weeks up in Auckland at Starship and people gave us money to fly our boys up there to be with us for periods of time which was just amazing and you realize man it's actually the proximity that really really helps it's the proximity that helps and us just being together side by side that actually really helps it actually really helps. You may not know what to say to someone, but just standing next to them, talking them to them in the foyer, that proximity actually really helps. You know what? People online, you're not left out of this. You're not left out of this. You know, you might feel like, well, I don't have the chance to be with other people, but you do. The fact that we can have online life groups, I hope you don't, guys don't mind. I'm, I really want to speak to this for a moment. The fact that we have online life groups, that is so incredibly important. The fact you have a chance to talk to people in a chat before, during the service, after the service, that's really helpful. You can, the most important thing is you can engage with the community like you are living stones, like it matters, like it is vital, like it's important. You know, in our, uh, our, our next service here in the Arise Center, we have a couple who are part coming to the service who are part of our online community. They live in the Netherlands. And, uh, and um, they have connected with Arise online uh, um, so much so they felt drawn to this family that they saved up their money and they've come to uh, uh, have a holiday here in New Zealand. And they timed it with our summer camp. They wanted to be here, bring their kids to our summer camp because they said, this is the community we feel connected to part of. And without knowing us, um, uh, the mum, Cindy, spent time going through the parents' names who were going to be on the parents' team. They joined the parents' team at camp, went through their names and started saying, God, I want you to give me a word for them. She'd write down a verse, think of it something to say. And I remember when she gave our, our one to us, it was the simplest verse. It was a simple little sentence, but I read it, I knew that was from God. 
Why? Because we're living stones. Man, we could have been thousands of miles apart, but she felt connected. She felt connected. And it doesn't matter whether you're living thousands of miles apart or you're sitting next to the person or either side. You have the ability and the opportunity to say, I am a living stone. We stand beside each other. We're side by side. We belong to each other. And we're going to commit to the sense of family that we have. Come on, can we give God some praise? God can do amazing things in our lives. Can we just stand on our feet for a moment? You know, uh, when Anna and I first started coming to Arise, um, I w- we were not in a good place. And I've, I've told people in this church that before, you know, we, we, were, we were struggling with a few things, me in particular. You know, I kind of lost my sense of leadership in my life. I didn't know where that was. I became pessimistic about what, who the church was, what was happening in church life. And, and that can happen to all of us. Uh, and, and we'd come out of a church that farewelled us. We'd really felt God direct us to leave, but we didn't know where to go. And we came to Arise, and, uh, and, and Anna said, we are not going nowhere next Sunday. We are going somewhere. And I'm like, ah, okay. You know, and, and so uh, we, you know, forced by my wife, I made that decision as the head of the family. And, uh, and, uh, and we made that decision together. There we go, we made that decision together. And we were there every week and um, something started to change. I'm there every Sunday. Suddenly I'm starting to think, man, I feel differently about the world. I think, I think God could do something in my life. Before, I remember the first time I heard that phrase in the church, hey, your best days are ahead. And my immediate thought was, yeah, that's probably true for everyone, but not true for me. That was my immediate reaction. But God started to change me. I started to believe that God could bring breakthrough in situations I'd never seen before. I started to believe that maybe healing was possible for those around me. I started to believe that maybe friends that I knew, if I invited them, might come to church and might find faith in God. And I was trying to work out, what is this? Is it the messages? Is it the worship or is it the people? My conclusion was, it's all three. It's all three. Because as we stand together as living stones, God comes amongst us. He's got a DNA of this family. That DNA is as we will encounter God and worship and He'll change us. That DNA is we believe that God is a God of miracles. and We'll ask Him for that miracle. And even if that doesn't happen, we're going to believe God is with us every step of the way. You know, we believe that anyone and everyone can find faith in God. And so in this place, we'll always say the most important decision is a decision that you could invite Christ into your life. That's because we're living stones. God's changing us. Can we just close our eyes across this room? I just was reminded in this moment that there was a certain point of time when Anna and I made that decision. I remember drawing a line in the pavement, literally in my mind. I drew this line in the pavement and I stepped over that line and said, God, I'm committing to this as my family. And it was a significant decision. And I'm just wondering whether some people here, that is your moment now. You're actually deciding in your head, in your heart, I'm committing to this place. This is actually going to be my family. I'm going to make this a devotion of mine. I'm going to take this seriously. And in this moment, I just want to pray for you. Right across this room, just keep our eyes closed. God's moving in this moment. God, I just thank you. You've not called us to live a life alone, but you've called us to the family table. You've prepared a seat for us. You're pulling that seat out. God, right now I can see a bunch of people across this room, a bunch of people online right now, deciding they're going to take a seat at that table. 
that they're going to join us every week for that family time together. God, as we do that, Lord, I pray you'd bless us. You'd unite us as a family. God, you'd cause us to take a hold of these family values, what you've called this family to do, and it would become a part of us. And Lord, that we would encourage those next to us. You've called us to be living stones. We're being built up in the house of God. We praise you for that. Be upon us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.